hi guys. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, it seems like we have been disconnected, but I'm back. So can you guys tell me if I'm like, have I resumed or did this restart? I'm not sure. Did it restart? Many of tell me. <laughs> okay, that's sad. I forgot my entire introduction, but I will try to say exactly what I just said. Um, so hi everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Loka X Loka. Um, I'm Fido, and I hope everyone who's been here the first time is still here. Um, hi, Maryam. Uh, so, hello, welcome. Yes, what I was saying the first time around is that today's guest is Dr. Anne. Uh, who is the founder of Element, a psychology clinic in Bahrain. And, you know, we just want to get her two cents on uh, all things mental health, seeing as it's International Happiness Day or Day of Happiness. Um, so we're going to talk to her kind of about uh, everything, uh, get her thoughts and ideas on that. You know, it's been, a, it's been a year for us all. So, you know, us social animals kind of need... Uh, a licensed professional's advice on certain things. Um, so stay tuned. Um, we're going to add Dr. Anne to join the live. And uh, yes, so stay right there. If you guys have any questions throughout the live, drop them below and we will get to those as they come. So give us one minute. I'm so sorry it shuts off. I am hoping that Instagram is on our side this time. So... Give us a second. Dr. An. Okay, guys, stay right there. I feel like there should be like some elevator music to fill in the silence. Unless someone wants to sing for us. <laughs> uh, give us one minute. Yes, add all your questions. Uh, drop them below and we'll get to those uh, in a second. Give us a minute. Instagram's really not loving me today, is it? Let's hope that turns around in a minute. <laughs> I hope everyone's having fun watching me as I struggle one more time. I think this exact thing happened last time too, so you guys will have fun watching these, I think, later. Okay, we've got it. I think Anna's about to join. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm good too. It's nice to have you. Thank you for coming on today. Um, I Thanks for having me. Saturday um, and yeah we're excited to have this talk with you today have you been good good that's good so for everyone I kind of gave our audience a brief introduction about our topic today so how about you introduce yourself for uh, those who don't know I'm Dr. Anne Mustafa I'm a clinical psychologist and a medical doctor um, I'm originally from the states 
Okay. I had my education there, did my MD here in Bahrain. That's about it. Okay. And how or when did your therapist start? Um, initially, I started studying philosophy at California State, and I wanted to understand how people think, like the origin of thought. So I started okay. with that, and then I entered philosophy. And after that, I went and I did um, a bachelor's degree in psychology. Okay. I worked um, in the state of California with uh, children who were disadvantaged and abused and things like that. I trained there. Um, I did my bachelor's degree, as I said, my master's degree, and my PhD in Indiana. Okay. Um, and it kind of started from there, more like from a curiosity of understanding human behavior, why people do what they do, whether it's from a biological standpoint or whether it's from an emotional standpoint. And I'm kind of interested in understanding how the mind connects with its feelings and its thinking. That's the objective. So you say that's your curiosity kind of inspired you to take on this path? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I remember when I was a teenager, I used to read, um, I read some stuff by some philosophers, Lao Tzu, and I was interested in religion. And again, I was interested in understanding how people think. What makes a person do something? What makes a person wake up in the morning? What is it that makes us us? And it's always been something that's fascinated me. Yeah, I find, no, it, I find it so exciting. Yeah, it is. I think the, the mind itself is, you know, we're treading across a lot of really planes here. Um, so on, on that topic, I think we're going to cover a lot of stuff. So uh, one question I have, and I know that the clinic kind of uh, uh, addresses both psychology and psychotherapy to an extent. So for those who don't know, can you give us kind of like a brief uh, dissection of what the difference between those are? Um, a dissection of what? Uh, psychology and psycho. Is there really a Psychology difference? is the science of a scientific approach, let's say, to human behavior. Psychotherapy is, I guess you'd say, the practice of fixing something that's broken. And usually that used to be done by a medical doctor or by a psychologist, but some people are trained. For instance, you get medical doctors that know how to do CBT and different modalities. Okay. Um, it's just the tools that you use to fix let's just say psychotherapy would be the fixing element. Gotcha. Okay. And, you know, uh, we want to get kind of into the clinic. Itself. So sure. um, tell us a little bit more about your practice. Like what are the services that you really offer um, at the clinic and like who, who would be the best person to benefit from these? Well, uh, I think over the years we've had, um, a very diverse population. Okay. Um, I think perhaps the fact that, that we respect confidentiality above and beyond and we follow the, the HIPAA compliance that we have in the States. Um, I think that's a benefit because Bahrain is a very small place and it's very, mm -hmm. very important that people's privacy and their stories are respected and their lives are respected. So that's something that I think is really critical and, and perhaps something that we do very well. Um, we work with the military here. We work with embassy. We work with everything from drug addiction to you name it. Whatever goes through a person's mind is welcome in our clinic. Okay. And, um, 
I, I find it, like I said, for me, it's, it's a thrill. It's a thrill to be able to help a person and to accompany them on their journey, mm-hmm. to help them get better and feel better about themselves and about their lives. And, and that's, that's an honor for me. That's amazing. I think what you've been doing is amazing. And, you know, seeing as you're t- you talk to many different people and you experience uh, everyone else's experience, is what, what's the main objective? What do you think your role in this is to be? You know, you touched on how it, for you it's important that people get through their journey. So how do you feel like you carry that through? I feel for me that when we set a goal in the beginning and we look at where we're going mm-hmm. um, in terms of where they want to go with themselves, whether it's insomnia or whether it's like wanting to make it through an academic career where they're having a difficult time, wherever the difficulty lies. Yeah. Um, it's something that we partner in and, and that journey is one that, that I'm honored to have. And, Def- and it, it bridges, I guess, it bridges humanity in a way because we don't look anymore at, at what the problem is. We look at where are we going with it and what's our objective and how are we gonna help this person get there? And that's why, you know, sometimes people tell me, well, don't you get upset at, you know, when you go home at night after hearing all that stuff. And I tell people that what I tell myself is, have you done the best you can? Mm -hmm. Have you done something useful? Have you tried to help this person? Are you obtaining a result? And if the answer is yes, then I sleep in peace. And I know that I've done my job for the day. That's amazing. how we established our clinic from day one, one day that's, at a time, one person at a time, one story at a time. Yeah. And it's, it's been fabulous, honestly. And I've, you know, my home now here is in Bahrain and I plan to stay here. And it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Sometimes people come back and they're like, oh, doctor, you know, I managed to do this and I managed to finish my med school and I was so anxious, but now I can do this. It's, it's awesome. It's priceless, really. No, I think that's very valuable with everything that you've said. Um, And I think someone in the comments had a question as well that I wanted to touch on. You know, everything that you do and practice in general, um, it's it's not uh, people maybe might be scared or, you know, wary about coming forward about the topic of therapy. You know, it's not, uh, it can hold a certain stigma to it. Um, right. So how do you really approach what your family, your parents, whoever it may be about therapy if they don't support it, let's say? I think that every person, irrespective of who they are, of how strong they are, of how faithful they are, mm-hmm. will encounter a problem where they could benefit from assistance. It's the same thing as, as going to a doctor. It's the same thing. I mean, if I'm diabetic, I mean, I've suffered from depression in my life. Yeah. And that's been a challenge. Somehow they say it's genetic, somehow, whatever. It's been a challenge for me. And through my journey, I've understood that, first of all, there is no such thing as a stigma. Second, okay. it's about optimizing performance. Just like it's not a shame to have a personal trainer or it's not a shame to optimize whatever it is that you can do. And this is the way to do that. This is the objective in my mind of therapy is to learn how to manage yourself in an effective way and how Mm -hmm. to get the best results out of yourself. 
So I don't see a stigma to it. I think that everyone that has a brain can have feelings, can have pain, can be stuck. So it's just a human thing. And I would look at it as a teacher kind of thing, because we're kind of teaching that person to understand themselves and manage themselves and navigate themselves better. Very true. No, I think that's very a very valuable insight to it, I think. And it always helps to hear it from, uh, like I said, licensed professional. So thank you for that. And uh, another thing, uh, we know that it's the International Day of Happiness today. Um, so give us your two seconds. Uh, Martin Seligman's specialty was positive psychology. That was his thing. And okay. That, that was one of the, the psychiatrists in California. Okay, so how would you kind of give us your two cents on that? On the day of happiness? Yeah, or what it means for people, you know? Well, it depends. Um, and it means different things for different people. Mm -hmm. When I get a patient sometimes and I'll, I'll tell them that I can't promise you you'll be happy, but I can yeah. promise you you'll be in peace. Because happiness to me is something very subjective. Um, but I think if a person attains their goals and finds a way to do that and finds the courage within himself to define what he wants to do, mm -hmm. that's happiness. For me, knowing that at the end of the day that I've done my job, that's happiness. I go home and I think, yeah, good, I did it. One more. Yeah, that's very beautiful. I agree. I think everyone defines happiness uh, in their own way. Yes. Okay their own experiences, the things that make them happy. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really subjective, as you said. Uh, but another thing would be, um, how, how do you recommend an impactful to kind of sustain mental health, you know, so to kind of, uh, especially during the pandemic that's going on, you know, we're not really built for this. We're not. Um, we're not built for this. Our children are suffering because, especially the primary grades, because they're not allowed or able to interact. And, and the primary objective of, of primary education is getting the child acclimated to a social setting. So they're really struggling. Parents are struggling with the task of teaching when we're not teachers. Um, it's been very difficult. I think one thing that I'd really like to draw the attention to is the importance and significance of our children and us maintaining our sanity. So in these difficult times, it's important that we be physically active, that we go out for that walk to clear our head, that we play with our kids and not just be task oriented all the time. Because all the outlets, like people used to travel, people used to go to restaurants. I mean, people had a life, right? And all of the coping strategies have been stripped away. So there's not much left. So in this void now, we're called upon to find ways to entertain ourselves and to manage ourselves. Very For instance, true. last June, I, I remember somebody said, what would you never do? And I thought, I'd never walk. But I started walking last June. Every time I'd finish work, I'd go for a walk. And I've, I've looked at some research. There's a neuroscientist named Andrew Huberman, and uh, he's at Stanford University. And he's doing research on movement and uh, the effect of light on eyes and the effect of stress. If you want, I, 
I'll give you guys the link to it. It's really, he has some really nice podcasts and this is the way forward now that we need to keep physically active for our mental health and our physical health. I know there's a lot of people concerned about contracting Corona and getting sick, but they're going to be mentally sick if they're not physically sick. Our mind and our brain lives in our body. So it's absolutely imperative that we make sure that we get out, get active, maintain our friendships, not isolate ourselves, and get back to life. Even life, even if life is sitting by the beach, socially distanced, at least you're connected to something. We need to connect. It's imperative. And another thing, I mean, I've noticed in my practice is there's so many people that are vitamin D deficient. And that's something that people should be looking at, like vitamin D and zinc and, you know, maintaining their health physically as well. It's it's important. And uh, low vitamin D affects your respiratory immunity. So that's something that people should be looking out for as well. I mean, okay, yeah, I'm a psychologist, but I'm also a medical doctor, so. Exactly. No, and I think it's like a proven thing that many of us here are vitamin D deficient specifically. So I think it's a lot that uh, we need to go back and forth really. Um, uh, another thing that I wanted to point out, we've had a couple of questions as well in the comments. Um, you know, the topic of what this past year has, has brought up, or just like in general, I think a lot of people have been experiencing more panic attacks and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, these are all, these are all um, effects of chronic stress, right? So yeah. panic attacks, People who are prone to nightmares would get nightmares. People who are prone to worry would be worried. People who are hypochondriacal and concerned about their physical health would be, this is normal. Um, And, and, you know, I think that when we began um, COVID, we assumed, many of us assumed that the year's going to end and COVID's going to go away. And then we got another wave in January. So I think people hadn't quite, um, bargained for what they got and um, because we hadn't bargained for what we got we weren't ready for the long haul so mm-hmm. I think at, at this point in time those things will be coming up people who have low-grade PTSD right it's like living through a war but it's not a war but it's a war right and you can't escape from it and you can't travel and all your entertainment's been stripped away so it is like a war Mm-hmm. And at an emotional level, it, it gives us a continuous state of discomfort, whether that's, am I going to contract corona? How is that going to affect the economy? And all this stuff. So people definitely now, one year in, are going to be manifesting symptoms, whether they're depressed, they're anxious, they're worried, they're tired, they're burned out. It depends. I mean, we've got people in, the, in some of the hospitals that run COVID units where they haven't replaced the population. They left the population there that was there in the beginning of COVID and they they haven't put another shift. So those people, I mean, yeah, they're experts in COVID, but maybe they need to go have some family time, you know? And I think that we we need to look at that as a society as well and take a look at where this person is, what is his position in dealing with COVID at a professional level and give him a break or give him some support. We need to support each other as a community in this difficult time. That's very true, and I think that's an important uh, factor. I, w- I was going to ask what your suggestion is, but I think to, to kind of better deal with it, but I think support goes a long way to show people that, you know, we're all in this together at the end of the day. 
we're all in it together. And what we need to understand is we need to support each other throughout it. And those who wobble and, and have anxiety and maybe have nightmares and worry, that's not a stigma. That's a human thing. Every feeling we have, every emotion we have, every pain we have, it's part of being human. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem. It's an issue that we face, a discomfort that needs to be managed. And this is what we can do collectively as a community, to be human Very to each other. And if we I can think manage that, then things will get a lot better. But we, it, it's a learning curve, I guess. And I guess we've all learned from it. No, definitely. And I think it's just going in that direction as well. Um, so thanks for those words. First of all. Um, I want to address a few of the questions we've been getting. Sure. sure. Is how do you measure when it's appropriate to resort to medication in the case of clinical, for example? Um, well, I would look at it as what's the age of the person? What's the resilience of the person? What's the history of the person? What's the childhood of that person? Okay. Where's that person coming from and how fast does he need to be able to function? Because when you reach the levels of medication very frequently, um, you're dealing with something that's longstanding. So we need to look at, is, is this person able to work? How long can they take off of work? What adjustments can we make in their life? What adjustments can we make in their family, in their academic setting? And after that, we can look at medication. It wouldn't be my first choice. In some cases it is, but it generally shouldn't be the first choice. The first choice should be correcting, just like diabetes type two, right? The first thing they come and tell you, you need a lifestyle change. You need to move around. You need to watch what you eat. And the same for us. We need to manage our stress. Yes, we need to have fun. As, as, as wicked as it sounds and as, as, you know, tacky as it is, it's, at the end of the day, we really truly need exactly. to have fun. It is a need. It is not a want. And I think that a lot of times as parents, we look at our kids and we think, what does he need? And we look at what does he need physically? What does he need food-wise, clothing-wise, education-wise? And we don't look at what does this guy need to clear his head? True. Because he just very well might need to go play with his friends. And it's a human need to connect. And we need to remember that. I think that, that is something that becomes forgotten all too much. Agreed. And I think a lot of kind of self-reflection and evaluation is needed at this uh, point. And sit with your figure when out. We take, when we take the stigma out, we evaluate better ourselves as parents as well. Because if my kid's not doing okay in school, then I need to introspect a little bit and see how can I help this guy? Not just yelling at him and telling him that he needs to be perfect, but let's see mm -hmm. what's troubling him. Maybe there's something that, that, that he doesn't get. Maybe there's something I don't get as a parent when I'm telling him what to do. So That's we need to true. see where we're getting stuck. That's very true. And, and I think- introspection is definitely critical and it's critical for the teacher, for the parent, for the kid, for all of us. It's a skill that we need in order to move forward as a society and to grow individually and collectively. Yeah, and I think at this point, it's, it has become kind of a collective matter, especially uh, seeing what the year has brought on. And it highlights the fact that whatever our problems were or whatever they continue to be, we're not. We're not going through it alone. There's everyone else around that also would would need the support. It's understated. Uh, so we don't 
bit of time, but I do want to, you know, kind of uh, get you know, what what is one positive takeaway that you'd like everyone to have in the conversation? What do you think is the most important thing to keep? The most important thing, I think, to remember as parents that we were once children, mm -hmm. as teachers that we were once students, as therapists that we've once felt pain too, as doctors that we've been patients and have that empathy and understanding towards each other. And I think that's really critical. I think that's, I couldn't have said it's best, obviously, I think you would be the person to say that. So thank you for that. And I did want to ask kind of on a final note, uh, what's the best way for anyone to reach out to you if they would like to? My WhatsApp is out public, um, email, you can okay. email our, anybody that's got any questions or anything, we're here to answer them. Anything that we can do, actually, we'd be more than happy to help in any way. And whatever we can offer the community, we, we try to give back as well. Of course. Well, that's amazing. And I just want to thank you on behalf of myself, Tobias, and all our, uh, all our followers and viewers. Um, thank you so much. Uh, guys, we'll have guys in an article tomorrow. You'll know how thank to you. get it. Dr. Ann. So, Dr. Ann, thank you so much. I want to take Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Take have care. a great And I wish everyone the most happiness they can have under the circumstances. Likewise, likewise. So thank you so much. And we're sending all our well wishes your way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye.